Hello, welcome to the Ohlone Show. I'm your host, Jamie Ohlone, and in this episode, I brought some regular Faithy, and maybe Asparagus, but we are yet to find out. Anyway, as for our guest, he's from, uh, is it Ohio or Oklahoma? I'm not sure. Ohio. I'm from Columbus, Ohio, USA. Great. I thought so. He's from Ohio. He's a speaker, author, business owner, and former NFL player. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Sean Harper. Hey, how's it going? Thank you for having me. Let's go. Let's win. Great. So, how's life? You know what? Life is good. Life has its challenges, its up days, its down days. It can be kind of tough for me at times because I'm because I'm extremely driven and I'm trying to take over the world, and I'm mad because I haven't taken over, you know, the world yet. And so I'm like racking my brain, you know, like a mad scientist. Like, how can I win? How can I win? You know. So, yeah. Okay. Great. How have you won? Huh? How have you won? So well. Far? Winning to me is the fullest expression of who you are mentally, spiritually, socially, socially, emotionally, and most important legacy. That is the win. And so I don't consider the ultimate win until I flatline, until I die. And so each day I am counting up and racking up small wins, sort of like when you play uh uh, American football or football, you know, it's just, you know, you have a goal here. That's a win, a goal here. That's a win, a block, you know, that's a win too. And then at the end of the game, you count them all up and guess what? Whoever's done well, that's, that determines the win. So I count the small wins to keep me focused and driven and motivated for the big wins. Okay. Okay. That's a, that's a really good mindset. I love that. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So, Tell me more about what you're doing right now. Well, what I'm doing right now is that I'm a CEO. I own, I own a security firm. And so I travel uh, with my security officers, about maybe like 115 officers throughout the state of Ohio and other areas. And we secure properties and we, and we secure buildings and, you know, other interests. Also, I'm, I'm a motivational speaker. I'm a life coach. I'm a consultant. My tagline is I'm the winologist and I teach people how to win with their team's goals and their dreams and, and how to just move from a holistic perspective versus just a success perspective, right? So I believe that each and every person is a winner. You are born a winner and you have to discover that win. And how is that grounded? Well, I have proof. I have scientific proof, actually. But we'll start with sports. You know, everyone loves sports, right? Why do we love competition? And it's like, well, we love sports because it resonates with our DNA. You know, we are born winners and we love competition and we love sports. This is why it's a multi-billion dollar industry, gaming my son plays video games, right? He'll play all night just to get to some phantom level, whatever. I don't know what it is, but he play. Why? Because his body, his physiological self is attracted to winning gambling and it's stateside United States. The number one vacation spot on the planet earth is Las Vegas, Nevada. It's built around one word winning and most people won't win, but they'll go there anyway, seeking it. And so I'm anchoring all of this to the fact that Everyone listening and potentially listening to me, you are one of several million sperm cells. You are the sperm cell that fertilized the egg. It was not a meet and greet or social gathering. It was a literal life or death competition. That is why you love winning. And 
around the third or fourth grade, a new concept is introduced. And that concept is called success. And we buy into that. So guess what? To be successful, you get to have this and this, not so much of this, not so much of that. And it changes over the ages. And so everyone is seeking success versus living and pursuing the win. And so under the why, which everyone talks about, it's the win. It's who you are, your self-concept. Maxwell Maltz, Psycho-Cybernetics. Okay, great. Love to hear it. Faithy, any questions you want to ask, Sean? So what made you, what brought on the fact that you wanted to make a security firm? So actually the security firm started out as my brother's. And it's yes. something that I really didn't want, to be honest with you. Uh, because I'm more of a free range guy. I want to travel the world and speak and invest and motivate people, things as such, right? Uh, but yeah, he had fell into some hard times. And once I retired from playing football around 2000, I took the company over. And, I, and then I officially took it over in 2004. And, you know, it's still, it's still a challenge. But I've learned so much. I've learned leadership. I've learned now I'm learning, you know, the the proper way to manage cash flow. It's just so many lessons. It comes from adversity. You know, adversity can break you, but it also can make you a record breaker. And and I've endeavored not to give up until I win at this company. And I am winning now and I'm on the other side of it. And, 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 and it has turned out to be an amazing an amazing blessing for me. So that's how it happened. And I fell into it and I'm, and I'm just going to keep running with it. Uh, but yeah, that that's, that's it in a nutshell. Right. Excellent. So are you in the process of writing a book or about to write a book or have written a book at some yeah. point in your life? So, right. So this is one of those like long answers, right? And I'm, I'm going to try to make it short though. So, on the road to professional football, I had so many adversity, setbacks, and obstacles. I was voted most likely to fail in high school. And I left high school with a 1.62 accumulative GPA. That's basically failing. They, I think they had mercy on me and just let me graduate. Uh, I, I graduated last in my class in academic ranking. I, I was documented with uh, several learning disabilities. I was kicked out of two schools because of disciplinary issues from a single parent family with uh, 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 five, five other brothers and sisters, you know, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is the edited version. So I was basically at the bottom of the barrel and I had a conversation and the conversation is that, you know what, I'll never be successful. I can tell I'll never be successful because everyone said I'll never be successful. I said, but I can win. And the moment I said that, I begin to look at obstacles as opportunities and I begin to look at life differently. And I begin to, for the lack of a better phrase, MacGyver life, right? I mean, put stuff together, you know. And because I said, you know what? The core or the crux of who I am is that I'm a winner. And I begin to pursue life from the winner's perspective. Now, to answer your question, to lead up to this, is that years later, I begin to look back and I realized, unbeknownst to me, that I was utilizing spiritual laws for success or for wins. I love breaking rules. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a maverick, but I never break laws. If you break laws, laws will break you. Uh, the law of capacity, the law of 212, like the law of 212 is water is water, 
at 211 degrees, but at 212 degrees, boiling water boils and boiling water has changed the world. Most people can't get to the 212. Most people can't get to the higher level unless they have coaches. So that's an actual law. These are laws that I begin to incorporate that would allow life to flow to me versus me trying to flow to life. So I wrote all these down, or I wrote about eight of them down, and it's called The Winning Edge, or The Winner's Edge. Now, that book, for your audience, is going to be free to you because I'm enacting another law, and that's the law of return. It doesn't come to you if it can't get through you. So everyone listening to me, if you go to Sean Harper, S-H-O, you got to hit www.seanharper.co.com not .com, but .co, if you go there, you can get a free copy of my book. It's a full digital copy. I've just finished, I'm finishing the touches on three other books right now. Mid-June, those books will be out as well. And who knows, I might give those books away too. Also, it's just, you know, so that's, that's the story of my books, which is a huge accomplishment for me because I still have struggles writing. By the way, I'm not disabled. I'm uniquely enabled. I don't see myself as disabled to me, that can be a crutch because Superman had kryptonite and you never heard him complain about it. Hmm. Okay. That's, that's interesting. And also that offer on the bot, that is quite a bargain. What was that? Uh, the, the offer on your book, that is quite a bargain. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, it's like, it's free. You just take it, go, win with it. Win, win with it. Uh, because that's 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 one of the secrets to winners. One of the secrets to winners is that success-minded people produce. Winners not only produce, but they reproduce. And so I would like to reproduce wins in other people. Right. Well, so tell me more about your life as a NFL player. What what was that like? It was fun and it was fast. The NFL is fast in every aspect of it. I've learned so much playing professional sports, you know, first of all, whether it's the NFL or it's uh, football or soccer or even rugby, it is, man, it is a, it is a very complex um, drug or not, if you could use the word, because it's just so many, so many perspectives. So the fans, they have a perspective, right? The players, they have a perspective. The coach has a perspective. The city has a perspective, revenue, obviously, and then the owners have a perspective. Everyone's watching the game from a different perspective, right? <laughs> uh, but in order to really win, you have to have the perspective of the owner or you have to have the perspective of the media. So now, wherever you're at, if it's, if it's, if it's uh, football or soccer or rugby, you'll see that there's, you know, very – outgoing flamboyant players right they got their hair colored and this well why are they doing that because they're playing the media game they realize that hey the media is gonna i'm gonna attract media and that's my win or you'll see an athlete having you know dressed he or she is polished everything is flowing that person has an owner's perspective they realize that hey i'm representing the brand i'm representing you know, the brand of the organization. And that is like so, so, so important. So it's very important that I've, what, the lesson that I've learned is that whenever endeavor that you are into, 
you have to have the right perspective. You have to not only have the right perspective, which is football, you should have an owner's perspective, but number two, that you should understand the culture. Number three, you should understand the, uh, uh, the, the language of where you're at, and you need to understand the etiquette of where you're at. You can be weeded out of situations in business and life just by not knowing the proper etiquette. My my God, if you were to go to uh, over to I guess uh, Europe or London and you would, or England and you would meet the Queen and you don't know etiquette, you got problems. <laughs> You're not even having a conversation. Why? Because you have void etiquette. You have void, you know, the rituals, the culture. That's the first thing you learn in business is etiquette and culture and the terms. Think about a lawyer. You know, what makes lawyers so awesome? You know what? You can't be a lawyer because you don't know Latin. They've taken it, put it in another language so that you can't know what they're talking about. So you got to pay them. Doctors, real long words for a common code. Words, culture, etiquette, perspective. That's what I've learned. Wow. Amazing. Great. So, and what, what inspired you or encouraged you to become a motivational speaker towards others? Yeah, we, well, I kind of fell into it, to be honest with you. I was in college, and after a sociology class, this, this young lady walks up to me in a courtyard area, and she's like, Sean, have you ever noticed how people look at you when you talk? I said, No. She said, I want you to watch next time. And, you know, the next time class was in, I was saying something. And it was like, I, you would have thought I was an orator. People was like, everyone stopped. Everyone stopped. And I said, God, this is a gift. This is a gift, God. I said, okay. I said, okay. I said, so I have a heart to give. I'm going to use my words. I'm going to use my mouth, which is, listen to me. You know, your words are some of the most powerful, it is probably one of the most powerful forces in the universe is the word, life and death, or death and life is in the power of the tongue and you should eat the fruit thereof, your words. Words are extremely important. They sure are. Uh, so, so ever since then, what, what things have you done to keep yourself busy or change the world for the better, if you know what I mean? You know what, this right here. So I am... I'm a, my craft, you know, used to be, I am a motivational speaker, right? This, I mean, I travel and I speak and I just, you know, I just love to invest and, and, and it's, and it's sad because I'm like a bleeding heart, right? <laughs> so if you get in contact with me personally, like, Hey, we want you to speak. I'm like, I will come and I will, Hey, cause I just love pouring into people. But I realized that, you know, me being that, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's cool, but I'm learning ways to share who I am through other means, like now media or books or podcast. You know, this is, this is even better than speaking, getting on a plane. Cause I could just sit right here and just talk. And right now I could be talking halfway across the world, which I think I am. So this is really awesome. This is great. So I love it. And it's like, Lord, let me be as busy as possible. Doesn't matter. Use me up. Use me up. Okay. Incredible. So 
you ever travel often? Do I travel? Oh, yeah. I travel. I've been to every state. Uh, I've been to Africa. I've been to Europe. Yeah. I love Europe. Uh, I, I've been to Adelaide, Australia. Yeah, I've been a lot of places. Canada, Mexico, obvious. Okay, nice, nice. What was your favorite place to be, and then what was the worst place in your humble opinion? I don't want to mention my worst pay- place, but I will. Since you asked me, I will, right? <laughs> so <laughs> the best place, man, man, the best places that I've been to. I'm going to start with, I'm going to start with Cape Town, South Africa. I loved, I loved, I loved South Africa. I love Amsterdam, Holland. I just, it's just that whole European thing where you could just sit at Rembrandt's plane and just have some coffee or just a latte and, and just relax. And everybody's not hustling, bustling, you know, in the States, it's like, you just nonstop. And everybody there is just like holiday tea time. I'm like, Oh, this is so great. It's tea time again. No, I don't like that. And you just sit there, you just have great, long, meaningful conversations and you hear the bells on the bicycles and it just, it just, I really, it really resonated with me. Now that will set the stage for the place that I didn't really like all that much. And that was, that was, um, parts of Egypt. And what, and the reason why is because they drive so fast in Cairo. I, I've, I've never seen anything like it. I was like five in the morning and it was like a racetrack. I was like, you know what? This is a fast culture. It doesn't seem that fast, but it is fast. And I kind of like the real chill, slow pace of life. Believe it or not, being stateside, I don't like the fast life. I like the slow life. Yeah. So do but, I. but it's a beautiful country. It is so beautiful. And, you know, it's, it's, I've been to Europe. I've been up, you know, all throughout, all throughout Europe. And I've seen them build a castle for, you know, 200 years. And, you know, when I was in Barcelona, I saw the Catholic church being built. And it was like, you know, 150 years, 200 years. They're still building this thing, right? You know, I've seen that and that's great. But when you go to Egypt and something's been around for five, 6,000 years, kind of puts you in proper perspective. It puts life in, in its, like this thing's been around for 6,000 years. This pyramid right here, it's been around for at least 6,000 years. So humble yourself, buddy. You, Cause you only have like an 80 year lifespan to this thing. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It was rich in culture, rich in culture. Oh yes, I totally agree. If you could erase one past experience, what would it be? Woo. You know what? The moment you said that, uh, Maybe I need some more therapy. The moment you said that was when I was young, my father was physically abusive to me before he left. And I, and there was a particular incident when he uh, was throwing me, he literally was throwing me down the stairs. He just he just kept throwing me down the stairs and I was a tough little kid and I would get up and I would come back because I'm hoping that he would like say, okay, I love you now, but he just kept throwing me down the stairs. 
And that rejection, it really, you know, it really hurt me. It broke me. And uh, yeah, that hurt. If I could erase that, because years later, my father came back to the security firm and he needed a job and I gave him a job and he worked with me every day for 20 years. That was awesome just to have that relationship with my father once again. But that moment still burns in my soul. And there's nothing, and you, you know, and, 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 you know, I don't care what people say and people try to fluff and act like life is great all the time. There is no greater pain than the rejection of a father and this rejecting his son. That pain is just, yeah, because that's, that's where, that's where we get our confirmation from. It's from daddy. It's from daddy. And you can see young men who don't have their father and they're looking, they're looking for that. They'll look for that for the rest of their life. Dang. That's so true. So what is the best way to travel? What was that? What is the best way to travel? What is the best way to travel? Yeah. Well, I tell you what, the best way to travel for me is by plane because I want to get there and I want to see everything I need to see, you know, driving. It's cool, but I'm a big guy, right? I'm like six foot four, you know, I'm like 315 pounds. I'm a, I'm a big guy. Driving is cool. It used to be great, but man, put me on a plane and not even, not even a fancy plane. Just put me on any plane and just get me there so I can see everything I need to see. And once I see it, I'm done. Time to go. Yeah. I'm also like that. Just get me on a plane and take me there. That's it. I just, yeah, enjoy whatever scenery there is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, which recent news story have you found most interesting? Wow. The recent news story that I find most interesting is the war with Russia. And I watch it and I study it from different perspectives, you know, news stateside, BBC, I'm just YouTube. I'm just enamored by that. And you know what, what hurts me, you know, what hurts me is that, you know, you can sift through propaganda, right? And so you would like, like read, Hey, uh, we just shot down a Russian fighter, you know, hooray, hooray. I'm like, this is not a video game, guys. I'm like, somebody just died. Somebody just died and their family has been affected. Somebody just died and they probably didn't want to be on in the plane or on the ground or in that tank. People are dying. And it, it's, it's, this is really sad on both sides. And I'm looking at that. I'm like, you know, war, you know, we talk about it or man, war. I mean, it's not, it's nothing to gloat about. It's nothing to brag about. This is a very solemn and, and um, yeah, yeah, it's sad. I mean, this guy had a life too, you know, I mean, he was growing up and he was a lad and, you know, he had dreams and he's probably 19 and 20, 21 years of age. And my son's like, he'll be 20 tomorrow. I'm like, can you imagine getting a phone call? Like, no, no, no. Or the mama getting a phone call. I mean, you know, I mean, I could find some glory, good job, honorable, but mama, 
I'm like, nah, 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 nah. There's nothing glory. There's nothing just. There's nothing glorious about this at all. And I'm I'm just taken back on how the media, all media, tends to kind of skip over the loss of life. We don't focus on that. Yeah, I agree. It is unfortunate what's going on right now. Yes. But hopefully, but hopefully there there will be a good outcome out of this. And yeah. Hopefully it will come to. Yeah. Yeah, real soon, quick. Yeah. Absolutely. If you could travel back in time, what decade would you want to live in? 80s. I don't care what anybody say. The 80s was the best decade ever. Listen, 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 listen. The 80s, man. You got to understand. I mean, think about the 80s. It was a convergence of so many different cultures and times. Like, just look at the music, you know? Just so much was birthed out of the 80s. Some some of the greatest artists were were just birthed out of the 80s as far as the music and the culture. It's probably one of the last decades of innocence. It, it's it's I think back in the 80s and things I would do, like I would get on my moped or my motorbike and I would travel like 15 miles. I would just be gone. Like me and my friends, we just like on the other side of town somewhere, you know, we didn't have a care in the world. Come on, Tim, you can't do that now. You know, I would look at, you know, I would catch the bus to the mall or this and that and just hang out, be gone, like have like a knapsack and I'm in the woods or whatever. I'm just gone all day can't do that now you'd be on a milk carton somewhere i think the 80s was just you know yeah 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 (laughs) look at all of the great okay where are you at right now um i'm in manchester in england okay perfect the the actual british invasion round two was in the 80s and all those European groups came over. I can go from Duran Duran, Man at Work, it's Australia. I, I mean, I, I Sticks, Peter Gabriel. I mean, I could just go Thomas Dolby. I could just go on and on and on. All that music came over. It was just powerful. That convergence, the birth of hip hop started in the 80s. I mean, all of that. It's just, mm-mm. the 80s was it. Oh, yes. It sure was. So what has been the high and low points as being a motivational speaker, uh, being an NFL player, just, just your whole life in general? Oh, wow. High and low would be where. Yeah. So I don't really, I don't, the way I think, I don't tend to focus on the lows. I don't, that's just my temperament. You know, I'm like a DI on the disc, right? But I think, I think I could, change that if I could just hijack that question and turn it to like what are the regrets and the regrets one of the regrets would be is that you know I didn't network enough in college I didn't take the NFL as serious as I should have taken the NFL that time really you know you don't recognize the importance of a particular time until that time has passed you know, I, I, and um, early on, you know, I would travel so much. I was gone with first few years of marriage. And I think that had a lasting effect on my marriage, being gone all the time. Uh, but, yeah, a star doesn't focus. I'm not saying I'm a star, but, you know, a star athlete doesn't <clears throat> focus on the shots that's missed. 
They're always looking for the shots that are made, and that's where they're at. That's their mindset. Okay. Yeah, I agree. And uh, that's pretty much all we have for this episode. It was great having you here, Sean, talking about what you're doing right now, your, the business you're running, your career as an NFL player, and everything else has been, wow, amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks for having me. And remember, if life is a game, play to win. That's true. Yep. I that, agree with that. That young lady is an athlete. <laughs> Play to win, don't yes, you? Yes, I heard. I, let me tell you something. I don't know. Listen, she, listen, she probably only answered maybe asked me two, three, two or three questions. But when she said that, I said, "Woo, that's a competitor right there." I felt that all the way through the the internet. I said, "She's a competitor." Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And until next time, stay tuned for more. You take care. You be blessed. Have a good one.